Welcome to the Coworkers Podcast with Jesse and Shaney, where every believer is a coworker in God's mission. Hey, friends. Hope you're enjoying your summers. We are enjoying lots of rain. That's right. We've got lots of rain around here, seeing things float by on the streets. Yes, things. monsoon season. One of a volunteer team that was in town recently described it as a a trash slushy on oh. the streets. Sometimes it's true. Unfortunately, Quite that happens. Vivid. <laughs> I think we usually start with some kind of description of the weather. That's very country. It's of our us, country right? roots. That's right. Yes, as Even if you we... all care about the weather report <laughs> where we're at every day. We would ask you if we were talking with you across we the table. Would. We'd ask you, "How's the weather?" We'd say, "Are where you getting you enough rain?" Because we're not getting enough rain in Missouri. Mm-hmm. It's true. So today we're talking about the topic of hard work. What does it mean to work hard as missionaries and people in full-time ministry? How should we think about that? And what can we learn from the biblical pattern, mm. specifically the Apostle Paul and how he talks about his work? Yep. And gospel-centered thinking, mm-hmm. grace. Yeah. How does all that fit together? Yeah, it's a big deal. I think working hard, mm-hmm. just thinking through that well is a big deal, especially for workers on the field. And I think it, in general, it applies to anyone who's in full-time ministry or who devotes a considerable amount of their time to ministry. We often hear about the other side of it, I think, kind of the burnout side. There's a lot of literature out there, and over the years, even in our career on the field, there's been a lot of talk about burnout and avoiding burnout, and rightfully so. We've seen that, experienced some kind of glimpses of that in our own lives. Right, right? like setting boundaries, yeah. making sure you have a Sabbath. That's right, being resting well. healthy. Yeah emotionally, physically, yes. Yeah, those are super important. Yeah. And so that's maybe a future podcast episode that sure. we might do. I think we're addressing the other side just through something I feel like the Lord has been revealing over the past couple of months, even in, in us and in our team, of addressing this issue of hard work. It can be difficult. It can be a touchy question for missionaries yeah. as well. Yeah. Right? We've seen some of that. I think some of the issue we have seen is how do you translate a conception of like American hard work into the realm of missions specifically? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because we both come from backgrounds, country backgrounds, you know, hard work is basically how you're defined, mm-hmm. right? By what you do and what you're able to do and how hard you work. And so just thinking about how does that translate into a much less tangible form of, of work, right? Mm-hmm. Where your outcomes are a lot less tangible. You can't mm-hmm. look back and say, you know, I bailed this entire pasture uh, full of hay which Mm -hmm. I used to do when I was growing up from time to time. So just thinking through that, it looks different. And how do we deal with that difference? What's the Bible say about it? Yeah. I think from the very beginning, we are saying we're all bringing our own insecurities and backgrounds into this discussion. Yep. No doubt. And that's okay. Yeah. So as we begin, when we read in the New Testament, we do read about different types and meanings of of work. Mm -hmm. So we're not talking about the fact that we are saved by grace alone, not by works. That's a given. Our salvation is not by works. Right. So that no one can boast. Also, there's a biblical principle, Colossians Mm 3.23. Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive your inheritance. Mm -hmm. So there is a biblical principle that God's people should work hard and we should work as unto the Lord. Right. There's also a principle of taking a Sabbath rest Mm -hmm. and not making work your idol. Mm -hmm. 
Today in this episode, we are zooming in on what it means to work as a missionary or even someone in full-time ministry. And we're looking at even what is that work? Right. It's important. Like hard work, working hard is just a general assumption for believers, right? Just to that verse that you pointed to. In all realms, whatever realms those look like. And so, yeah, we do want to focus the discussion just a little bit on the general category of full-time ministry and then even specifically missions. Mm -hmm. What does it mean to work hard in missions? Mm -hmm. Because some of this is sparked by conversations we're having with people these days. There's a lot of talk about different ways of entering into mission work. Have a lot of discussions these days with young people, especially about some kind of like BAM business as missions approach where want to start like a business while also targeting the unreached with the gospel or some combination of those things. And I think that that is a very legitimate calling. Like there are people and we have even some on our team who are doing that started fruitful, successful businesses that are providing access, gospel access to people so that they can encounter the gospel and they can demonstrate the gospel to them through their business. Sometimes some of the thinking, and this is, we're talking about perspective people that we're having conversations with, thinking about and praying about a potential call to move overseas and moving in those directions, I think sometimes maybe hastily because I think they don't have an understanding of what, what does hard work look like? What does full-time missions work look like? They just don't have a realm or sort of a frame of reference to think through that. Mm -hmm. And so as we're hearing about that more and more these days, I think it's important to clarify from our side and even biblically, more importantly, mm-hmm. what does it look like to work hard as a missionary? How would we fill our schedule? What's a work week in mm-hmm. missions, right? And it's admittedly, it's a difficult question. We've struggled with it throughout our time here. Yeah, I think that was one of our biggest challenges in our first term on the mm-hmm. field was thinking through, have I worked hard enough today yep. to deserve to sit and watch this movie tonight? Mm-hmm. And learning how to manage our time Mm -hmm. and take initiative because we're not showing up at a job, punching in in. nine to five, go home. Mm -hmm. It's very different. Mm -hmm. And so this is a unique kind of work in many ways. Mm -hmm. Another way it's unique is that we know we're trying to do something we cannot accomplish on our own. Mm -hmm. Our job is, is working alongside with God for for God to change people's hearts yeah. in a supernatural way that only he can do. Mm-hmm. As we will see in the scriptures, it is a work we do in dependence upon God, in mm-hmm. partnership with God, in his strength. Mm-hmm. And so that is a big influence on yeah. how we think and talk about our work. That's right. And I think even another particularity of mission work, particularly among the unreached, is it's more like a startup than it is like... A company, mm-hmm. right? If you're trying to make that comparison yeah. in the business world, we don't have like a lot of programs set up. There's not a scheduled time where we're doing things. We're kind of doing this specific task. It's like you you figure things out along the way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's more like what needs to be done now today. Mm-hmm. You have to be very self-directed with your schedule, right? You have to be very proactive with putting mm-hmm. things together and pursuing things. Mm-hmm. So even in that way, it's a little different than maybe like church ministry in the States where there may be office hours and there may be, hey, these are the programs and the things that we have that you're going to step into. There's usually very little of that in that foundation laying phase of our work on the field. Yes, which I think is one of the hardest things about it. Mm -hmm. So even as we talk about hard work, hard can mean a lot of hours. Hard can mean hard because you're struggling to figure it out. Mm -hmm. Hard 
because you're working with people all day. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of <laughs> aspects yeah. to the hard and hard because you're wading knee deep in the trash slushy sometimes. The the things that come with being in developing countries. Yeah. And hard because of the cross cultural. Yeah. Right. And the language learning barriers that yeah. come with being in another place. Mm-hmm. As we think about those things, as we think about. Even what Shani said earlier, all of us bring our background. We bring our cultural assumptions into these conversations about work. And you think about even the conception of work that we have, whether it's, you know, nine to five or something tangible, those issues and those problems, we don't see a lot in the biblical account of work or people like struggling with that question of, hey, is this work or is this not? That's just not the picture that comes across as we look in the scriptures. It seems like from all the testimony we have there that God's people who were involved in this work and laboring at it, I mean, it was just hard work. They just saw it as, hey, this requires everything that we have. This is a full-time job. Mm-hmm. I think a good illustration of that is the choosing of the deacons in Acts 6. The story there, the Jerusalem church, there's a complaint there in verse 1. Some of the Hellenists, that's the, the Greek, uh, Greek-ish believers against the Hebrews because it says their widows are being neglected in the daily distribution of food. And so the 12, who were the leaders of the Jerusalem church at the time, they calls together the full number of the disciples, it says, and it says in verse 2, it's not right that we should give up preaching the word of God to serve tables. And then it follows after that, that they should therefore choose men from among them of good repute to be able to serve tables, fulfill that need. So apparently, for them, those ministries of preaching the word of God, that was a full-time job. They say later later in verse 4, we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. That's a full-time responsibility. They didn't have time, a significant amount of time, to devote to this other needed service in the church. And so for them, it was like, hey, this is full-time work. Ministry of the word, praying. We know a little more practically, just from a few verses before that, what that looked like. In 542, it says, in every day, in the temple and from house to house, they did not cease teaching and preaching that the Christ is Jesus. They had a daily, full-time work, teaching and preaching that the Christ was Jesus from house to house. And so that to them was like, nope, we don't have time to address this other issue. Right? We've got to devote ourselves to this. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good picture of what hard work, what full-time ministry looks like for them. Mm-hmm. We also, in an earlier episode, we just walked through kind of the general tenor of the book of Acts, the rhythm that really was stamped on the life of the early believers in the early church, the rhythm of gathering, the rhythm of teaching, the rhythm of reaching out. It was more like a daily rhythm. That strikes us as a little odd, I think, in our context, because normally our ministry we think of in terms of weekly rhythms. There's weekly meetings, right? We have our weekly kind of Sunday, that kind of thing. But to think about their norm was a daily rhythm. And you saw that even in the verse we just read there in 542, that the leaders, they were daily teaching, daily preaching daily out among their people, daily gathering. Even in 6-1, there was a daily distribution to those in need. And so there's this idea that it seems like the life of the church and their ministry occupied more even man hours in some ways, that active ministry, than we normally think about today in our conceptions of ministry. Yeah. So I am thinking about two different types of listeners we have. Mm -hmm. We have some listeners who have full-time jobs. Yep. As nurses. That are not ministry. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. College students. Mm -hmm. And then we have some who are full-time missionaries Mm -hmm. or in ministry, like in a local church. Right. So 
I'll just acknowledge we are talking about people with different numbers of hours available to do this work. Sure. Right? Yeah. And again, we're zooming in on what it looks like to work hard as mainly full-time. as full-time workers. Right. Of course, there's principles that are going to apply to everyone. Mm-hmm. As well, there's so many usages of the co-workers language throughout the Bible. Right? That as you think about just that concept of work itself, mm-hmm. ministry as work, that's mm-hmm. one of the most common ways that Paul talks about other people doing ministry is as co-workers, mm-hmm. co-laborers. Mm-hmm. That just comes up over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Even called like, calls people out for working hard, mm-hmm. right? Some of his co-laborers, they're working alongside of him. Mm-hmm. And so that theme of work, thinking of ministry in terms of work and even hard work, just all throughout the New Testament, uh, even Paul picks it up pretty strongly when he writes about his work himself. We saw it there in Acts 13 as well, the sending out of Saul and Barnabas. That's what the Holy Spirit says himself. He says, set apart Saul and Barnabas for the work to which I have called them. And then it comes back at the end of that missionary journey, at the end of 14, says they returned to Antioch, the place where they had been commended for the work that they had fulfilled. And so just conceiving of that missionary cycle, that pattern specifically, as work that the Holy Spirit had set them apart to do. So Paul picks it up talking about kind of reflecting on his own calling. First Corinthians is a really a key letter where he defines his identity as a sent out one, as a missionary, as a foundation layer. And there we see several times him pick up the theme of work, right? First Corinthians chapter three is where he calls himself a, a skilled master builder. He laid a foundation that other people are, are building on. A few verses before that, he says that we are God's fellow workers, mm-hmm. talking about himself and Apollos, that we're actually working alongside of God to do this foundation laying work among people who hadn't had the gospel prior to that and building up churches among them. In 1 Corinthians chapter nine, he talks about that you are my workmanship in the Lord. The Greek there is actually just the word for work. It says, you are my work in the Lord, talking about the Corinthians that he had taken the gospel to seen them come to Christ, discipled them, build them up into a church. And recognizing as well, there's all kinds of mess. That's why he was writing the letter. But he considered them his work. And I think that's a great picture of some of the ambiguity around this discussion is that mission work is people work, mm-hmm. right? It's people work. Yeah. Like however we want to frame it, mm-hmm. whatever structures are there, whatever institutions kind of arise out of that, it's really about people. Mm-hmm. And so for Paul to be able to say that, to speak, so directly to the Corinthians and say, you are my work mm-hmm. in the Lord. Mm-hmm. I think that's just such a good, clear picture mm-hmm. of what we're talking about. And also one of the roots of ambiguity, I think, that we struggle yes. with sometimes. And I'll add, I think it's 1 Corinthians 4, 1 and 2, mm-hmm. where he says we are stewards of the gospel yeah. and it's required of stewards that be they found be found faithful. And I think that's another aspect of this discussion mm-hmm. that I have been sent here to do a certain work. Mm -hmm. People are paying for me to be here. (laughs) So there's a, right there in itself is a stewardship, right? Also, I feel like God has called me to this work and he's entrusted it to me Mm -hmm. and I am a steward of it and it's required that I be found faithful. So there is a very humbling, sobering sense of real responsibility. Again, the gospel speaks into that in a very powerful way. But grace and living by grace does not take away from a good desire Mm. to be a good steward. Yeah, that's right. And to do effective work, Mm -hmm. right? To do fruitful work. Mm -hmm. You know, and here again, it's just the the rub of 
this calling and this work, that difficult dynamic of we are called to work hard and yet all of the fruit depends upon this supernatural intervention from the Lord of the harvest, right? From the spirit changing people's hearts, things that we ultimately cannot affect. And yet the things we do by God's grace bring those things about. And so just that dynamic of our work in his, mm -hmm. the way I think that Paul could say in good conscience, we're co-laborers with God. Mm -hmm. We're fellow laborers with God. The things we do, preaching the gospel, discipling people, preaching and teaching, gathering together, all those things are the avenues that God has appointed to do his supernatural work through us, frail people. I don't know who to give the credit for this statement, but I think it's very helpful that we pray like it all depends on God, mm. but we work like it all depends on us. Mm. Yes, I think that's original to you. If you don't remember the source, oh well, I'll take credit. It. Wow, yeah, I just coined the it. Lord gave that to me this morning. Yeah, good job. That co-labor. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that it's always we're partnering with God. Right. It's His strength. Mm -hmm. If we see fruit, He should get all the credit. Mm -hmm. And when we want glory, that's yeah. when we check our hearts. Right. But at the same time, we are doing our best to yeah. work hard. I think it's just good to recognize that this is a, it's a dynamic in our lives, in our hearts. That understanding and walking in, co-laboring with God. It's not like we ever get to this point where we're able to say these things in, with a completely clear conscience. Like, yes, God gets all the glory. Mm -hmm. I'm working super hard. We're always going to be falling on one side or the other mm -hmm. of taking too much credit or wanting too much credit for ourselves or of maybe not taking enough responsibility on ourselves, right? We're always kind of walking in that tension between those two. I think it's good for us to just be able to walk in the light on that because there's error on both sides, right? We can become too complacent if we're just so wrapped up in the thought that, man, you know, God's just gonna take care of it. I mean, to the old, the old response to William Carey when he was preaching and casting vision for taking the gospel to the nations and the response that came, sit down, young man, if God wants to con convert the heathen, he'll do so without you. Right? That kind of thinking can also be there, and that can lead to laziness and inaction, or I think too much of a giving over our responsibility yeah, and our stewardship, and not believing that we do affect that by the things that we do, the choices we make, the will that's empowered by the Spirit of God to do the things He's called us to do. So a lot of those things, that tension, a lot of different forces pulling on and pushing on our heart, right? Try to avoid laziness, try to work fruitfully and effectively but also try to work unto the Lord and know that at every step is empowered by Him. A place where the Lord's really been speaking this to us and to our team over the last bit is in 1 Corinthians 15, where I feel like Paul, in a very succinct way, combines or addresses a lot of those issues together by focusing on the gospel, talking about our identity in Christ, and then how hard work is a fruit of that. And hard work is kind of the outflow of that. And I think even in the midst of that, him as well identifying some of those tensions. So 1 Corinthians 15 is where he reminds the beginning of the chapters, where he reminds the church in Corinth of the gospel, just the basic truths. Right, I remind you of the gospel I preached to you, verse 1, which you received and which you stand, by which you are being saved, if you hold fast to the word I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. Then he goes through and he recounts the historical facts of the gospel. Jesus Christ died for our sins, in accordance with the scriptures. He was buried, he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. Then he appeared to all the disciples and goes through all the list of whom all he appeared to. And then at the end, kind of some of these key verses, the end of that first section. Verse 9, he says, For I am the least of the apostles, unworthy to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. And then here to us has been 
kind of the, the key verse, what the Lord has been speaking to us a lot about. Verse 10, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace towards me was not in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God that is with me. So just a, a few of those dynamics that all come into play in that one verse, I think. By the grace of God, I am what I am. Paul's speaking to, founded on what the, the reality of the gospel before, what Jesus Christ has done. The grace displayed through Christ and continue to be communicated to us. By the grace of God, I am what I am. That Paul can look at his past as a persecutor of the church and yet still claim to be an apostle. He can still claim to be a sent out one. He can say, I am what I am by the grace of God. And I think just to begin with, that our identity being grounded in the grace of his work in us, and even that identity extending to what we have been called to do, how we have been called to work, the type of work we've been called to carry out or ministry we've been called to carry out, that it's not just this, I am a child of God kind of in general that would apply to everyone. He also applies this identity to his sense of being an apostle, a sent out one to do this kind of work. And I wonder if maybe we're a little hesitant. You and I were talking about maybe a little hesitant to claim that depth of identity with a calling because so often we're warned against finding our identity in what we do, mm -hmm. right? Like wrapping up ourselves, our sense of worth in what we do and maybe even what we can accomplish. And that definitely is the right warning. But yet Paul here kind of unabashedly says, like, I am what I am by the grace of God. I'm an apostle. I'm one of them sent out to do this work. I've spoken on the podcast before, growing and finding Jesus's love and approval to be all I need and to set me free from fear of man and wanting to impress others mm -hmm. has been a one of the biggest works God has been doing in my life in the last few years. Certainly still growing in that area, but I have also noted that Paul regularly identified himself as a servant of Christ mm -hmm. and an apostle. Mm -hmm. And I am encouraged by that because Jesus Christ is my first love and mm -hmm. the passion of my life. Mm -hmm. And I love the work that we do, mm -hmm. and I believe God has given it to me, mm -hmm. to us. And yeah. I believe it's what God has called me to do and mm -hmm. even gifted me to do mm -hmm. and given me a love and passion for. And so I'm at a place where I can say, grace alone, Jesus' love is enough. I'm not getting my worth from what I do. Mm -hmm. And God has given me this work to do. Yeah. And I'm a missionary. Yeah. And it is what I do and want to do every day. And it's a part of who I am. And it's a part of who I am. Yeah. And again, attention, right? Because we are tempted to get sure. our worth from what, what we can report. That's the, where we step off the ledge is where not only just finding, finding comfort and affirmation, I think, in the fact that we're called to do it, that we have a work to do, mm -hmm. but then transferring our sense of worth to how well we're doing it, mm -hmm. to that fruitfulness, right? Expecting mm -hmm. that that... That's the ultimate statement on who we are, is how good we are at what we do. That's the step we can't take. But we can just find gladness and satisfaction in the fact that he's called us to this work. And we can even say, I think, it's part of, it's part of who we are. Because note what, what Paul doesn't point to in this verse. He doesn't point to, this is the fruit of my labor. He just points to the fact that he worked hard. right? And I think that's what we should be expected to do, is that we could look at, how faithfully, how hard we labor in this, mm -hmm. and not necessarily, and still be able to entrust the fruit of it to Him. Mm -hmm. 
And so that's why I think he says, his grace toward me was not in vain, right? But on the contrary, I worked harder than any of them. Okay, let's just stop there before we go on to the qualifier that he puts there. He says, on the contrary, I worked harder than any of them. It's okay for us to aspire to and even to like take satisfaction in the fact that we work hard. I don't know anybody who would say what Paul says here, right? No missionary, no like person in ministry out loud would say this. I worked harder than any of them. And that is a bold statement. This is one of those places where those are the types of things only Paul could say. I worked harder than any of them, he says. And I think it is just to, to demonstrate his grace towards me, not in vain. And I have been laboring hard to join together, I think, our identity in the gospel, how we've been saved with what we've been saved to do, the same way Ephesians 2 does. Goes through, we've been saved by grace through faith, right? And then immediately in verse 10, your God's workmanship created for good works. He prepared for you before the foundation of the world, like joining those things together. We've been called and saved. We're in him. We're secure. And immediately that identity drives us to work for him. And then that most important statement, that not just a side sort of throwaway qualifier, but on the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God that is with me. And so recognizing again, even in his identity, even in I am who I am, by his grace, it's his grace that empowers us to work hard. That's the safeguard to make sure we don't get the credit. We don't get the glory for it, that we're always able to point back to that. I think Paul is highlighting the power of God's grace in our lives because he's remembering, possibly with tears in his eyes, I mean, I'm not even worthy to be called an apostle. Mm -hmm. That's how unworthy and bad I am. I dragged people to prison. Mm. I hated the church. Yep. I wanted to stop God's work, mm -hmm. the regret yep. in his voice, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain. His grace was transforming in my life. Mm -hmm. And I went from a persecutor, someone who wanted to stop God's work yep. to someone who gave up everything in order to do God's work. Mm -hmm. And just to highlight the huge change in his life. Mm -hmm. And now he works very, very hard because of God's grace, because yeah. of how God changed his heart. Mm -hmm. And to be able to say, I worked harder than any of mm -hmm. them, though it was not I, but the grace of God yeah. that is with me. And I think just to really for us to step back, but just that that heart would be in us as well. I think if we were to think about understanding the gospel, if we were to hear someone say something like that, I worked harder than any of them, right? Our immediate response would be like, this person's way off, mm -hmm. right? They're getting their worth and what, they, what do. they do. They're workaholics. They're workaholics. They're not understanding Plus, the gospel. They don't have any self-awareness and they're bragging too much. Well, yeah, exactly, <laughs> right? Clueless, <laughs> clueless. And that's not what the gospel is about, right? We're accepted and saved in spite of ourselves, those kinds of things. But I mean, this is all in the context. It's grounded and rooted in the gospel. And that's why I'm so grateful that we have statements like this in the Bible that are jarring like that mm -hmm. and that we can look and see, man, we're going to have somebody who understood the gospel after Jesus. I mean, the way that Paul explains it, there was no one else in Christian history like that, mm -hmm. empowered by the Spirit, inspired to write down and explain the gospel to us, the riches of it. Yeah. And this person who upheld that so clearly, also demonstrating in his life and encouraging other people as well to work hard, mm -hmm. labor hard because of that gospel. It's because we don't see the link there sometimes that I think we get held up, we get caught up in it. And he does point them back to the gospel mm -hmm. over yeah. and over yeah. in the midst of it. That's right. So it's never 
gospel-centered thinking versus yeah, it's not one of the hard other. work thinking. Right. They're all together. Yeah. He began the chapter saying, this is how you were saved. Mm-hmm. It's what you stand in. Mm-hmm. and By which you're being saved. By which you're being saved, yeah. unless it was in vain, mm-hmm. unless God's grace was in vain. Yep. God's grace wasn't in vain in my life. It transformed me. That's right. And it resulted in this hard work of ministry. Mm-hmm. And he ends that chapter, 1558, Therefore, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, Mm -hmm. knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Mm -hmm. Keep working hard. That's right. Abound in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord Mm -hmm. your labor is not in vain. That's right. It's just that partnership. That's it. That dynamic. And it includes faith. Mm -hmm. I'm doing this work by faith in God, Mm -hmm. that he's going to make it not in vain. Yep. And I think that is a big part of it because we don't show up on the field Mm -hmm. and normally see all this amazing fruit Mm -hmm. very quickly. We have to struggle. We have to, so now I'm speaking to people who are living in other contexts. Mm -hmm. We have to learn language and culture. We have to do the hard work of even figuring out how to do this work in Mm -hmm. another culture. Our work is dependent upon local believers so we have to put in time Mm -hmm. and prayer the work of prayer to even find those people Mm -hmm. which normally takes time yeah and so we have to be willing to do that right and to not give up Mm -hmm. knowing that our work is not in vain Mm -hmm. knowing that we're going to see ups and downs in Mm -hmm. our fruit levels and so i think to take all these things together i would just encourage people to meditate on that passage of scripture, 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 10, to really dig in, really let that speak. Even that last verse that Shaney pointed out as well. Some of these others we talked about, 1 Corinthians 3, 1 Corinthians 9, places where that work is, I feel like Paul really does try to clarify that picture. Because here's what I want, hopefully, what one of the takeaways from listening to this is, I think that the Lord has done in our hearts as well, is to just encourage us in the work, to know that, you may not be seeing what you want to see, right? You may not be seeing the fruit that you had hoped to see, the lives being changed. And some of that is, it takes time sometimes before we see the Lord move. Sometimes it's hard to see, right? That's part of the ambiguity of our work as well, is that it's not these tangible outcomes all the time, but life change and heart change can be slow and somewhat imperceptible when you're close to somebody, just watching them day by day as they move through. But along the way, I feel like the Lord is gracious to give us some of those markers, like baptism, like we got to celebrate last night with a young man, right? Just seeing there's times along the way where we get these, oh yeah, the Lord kind of opens the curtain and we're able to peek in and say, okay, yes, this is a a definitive moment for us to remind us, I think, and to encourage us along the way. And I think also I just encourage people to try to get a picture of, especially maybe if you're considering missions, as if this is something you're thinking through and praying through. Talk to people who are doing it. Dig into the word, like we've said, first and foremost. See the way that the first followers of Christ conceived of their work and talked about it and thought about it. But talk to people who are doing it and who are in it and try to find good examples of people who've, who are walking through these questions and who are dealing and wrestling with these realities themselves and who you feel like are good exemplars of that kind of life, that kind of work. Here's what I really want us to do in this generation, in our generation, and you know the coming generation after us as well, to aspire to do great things for God mm-hmm. and to recognize that those things take work and that 
there's been generations of believers before us. I mean, we mentioned William Carey earlier, but all throughout modern missions history, people who weren't afraid to dream big and aspire to really big things for the kingdom around the world. And I think those types of things honor God. Those broad, high, big, worldwide aspirations, they honor the God who is the savior of the whole world. And that we would work hard and direct ourselves to that end and revel in the calling that is given to us, identify ourselves in the gospel and be able to say with Paul, by the grace of God, I am who I am. His grace was not in vain, but I worked harder than any of them. That was not I, but the grace of God that is with me. I was also noticing in 1 Corinthians 16, the next chapter, Mm -hmm. just to give a couple more little insights on this work that Paul talks about. Because he says in 16.9, a wide door for effective work has opened to me. Some of the adjectives Mm -hmm. that Paul uses, effective work, Mm. he talks many times about co-workers. We've talked about that before, but Mm. even hard workers Mm -hmm. or devoted workers. So I think we need to acknowledge you can be doing ineffective work. Or you could not be a hard worker. Right. Like, that's possible. Right. But I think it's also an encouragement to us that we are growing in becoming more effective workers. Mm -hmm. Because another adjective that Paul uses is skilled. Mm. A skilled master builder. Right. So it would be silly Mm -hmm. to think, I'm going to show up on the field and just know how to do this work and it's all going to come naturally. Right. We should expect to have to learn a lot Mm -hmm. and to continually be learning and sharpening each other. And for that learning to be hard. And for it to be hard, yeah, Yeah. and take some time, Mm -hmm. just like you would in any career, growing in your skills Mm -hmm. and your effectiveness. Mm -hmm. Of course, that doesn't mean God can't do a huge miraculous work through a brand new person. Sure. But we're still, for our part of this partnership with God, Mm -hmm. growing in our skills and effectiveness. And we've been here 17 years and I certainly feel like I have a lot to learn still. Definitely. So I think I want to offer a word of encouragement to two different groups of people. Mm -hmm. One would be for new people coming into mission work Mm -hmm. to be encouraged and to know that it will take some time to learn language culture, learn the work, find fruitful national partners, to grow in time management Mm -hmm. skills, to grow in taking initiative. Mm -hmm. These are all new things we have to learn that we don't just show up with. And also, because this work can feel so abstract Mm -hmm. when you first arrive, Mm -hmm. compared to maybe some of the normal American work that I'm putting in quotes. Air quotes. Air quotes That you can't see. To not feel like you need to turn to some kind of more concrete service mm-hmm. to help you feel better. Yeah. Like you're accomplishing like something. Like you're accomplishing something. Yeah. Because that is a tension in our hearts. Sure. That is very difficult, mm-hmm. especially in those first years. Mm-hmm. And then I think for people who've been on the field a long time like us, there are so many dangers that mm-hmm. we can fall into. We can fall into pride and thinking, I am working so hard and everybody should pat me on the back Mm. or comparison Mm -hmm. or complacency. You know, we go through seasons where we might not be as fervent about the work Mm -hmm. as others, Mm -hmm. where we might not feel like we're abounding in the work of the Lord. When we need some encouragement or rest or 
Or kick in the butt. Accountability, <laughs> yes. And so to just know this is a part of long-term service, yeah. and it's a part of what we're growing together mm. in as a team, which includes sharing our insecurities, mm-hmm. fighting comparison together, yeah. sharpening each other, inviting mm-hmm. someone, come with me. Mm-hmm. I want you to, to tell me ways I can grow yeah. in this work and to be able to work on our heart issues together mm-hmm. and to work on growing in the skills that we need for this work yeah. together. Skills, post skills, skills, Leatherman tool skills, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> yes. Really important skills. Tire changing, haggling. Folks, we hope that this has been encouraging for y'all. We pray that the Lord is working in you all like he has in us through this just meditating on what hard work is according to the scripture. Looking to the first followers of Christ filled with the spirit, led by him and how they worked hard and how they lived their lives. Mm -hmm. We pray we see more and more of it. And for our next episode, we're going to talk more practically Mm -hmm. about what that can look like in a daily schedule, a weekly schedule. Mm -hmm. One of the most common questions were asked Mm -hmm. by prospective missionaries or or new people or supporters is what does an average day look like for you? Mm. And it's a very difficult question to answer. One of my favorite questions. But we do have rhythms in our week Mm -hmm. and in our ministry. And so we're going to be talking with a coworker in our next episode about how he works hard. Join us, friends. All right. Thank you. Enjoy the weather.